Welcome to The Shiv Show, where we are all about people getting to know people. We are here to humanize the individual behind their brand and share their story with the world, with, of course, a few laughs in the mix. Now, it's time for your host, Australia's most Canadian podcaster, and just like the knife, Shiv Rat. What is happening, Shiv Show people? Welcome to another episode of The Shiv Show, where we're all about people getting to know people. Now, in this episode, we get to meet Jessica Anderson, whom I've actually had the pleasure of working with at Cisco during her time at the company. Jess is now the founder of SquadFinder, an application that's changing the marketplace for the better. And I want you to especially listen to her very, very simplistic approach on going from the corporate life to the startup life because they're completely different. And what she's learned from some of her adversities attached to the process of actually starting your own company. Now, I got to see the journey of Jessica's success and I'm extremely, extremely proud of her. Here is our very chilled, laid-back episode featuring Jessica Anderson. Do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. And without further ado, here is our episode. Jess, welcome to The Shift Show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on oh, The Shift. Of course, of course. No, I, I listen, you know, I, I love your story. And, and, you know, you and I, when we work together, we would literally chat about all the time about our entrepreneurial stuff. I don't actually think we ever had a chat about work. I think That's it was just true. chatting about everything else that we're doing outside, which is good, which which is uh, motivating. But um, Jess, before we jump in, I, I usually like to start off by asking you to explain who you are, but yeah. I wanted to get your meaning of entrepreneurship. Ooh, meaning of entrepreneurship. Good question. Yes. Um, so I think it's really just going out there and trying to create something from scratch. So... And that can be in any sort of sense of the word. So, like, I'm starting a tech company, so it's starting the whole tech platform from scratch and building it out. But then I've got friends that run their own, like, small businesses, and that's the same thing. And just, I think, being able to create something um, that you built yourself and then giving it a go, whether it's successful or not, I think is irrelevant. Um, but, yeah, just trying to make something. Just trying to make something. I like it. And what does the word hustle mean to you because because i say this because every single time someone asks me what entrepreneurship is to me that, that word comes to mind i'm like just it's hustling like you yeah. said with your friends starting their own company it could be starting a printer company or it could be starting a tech company or it could be starting a beer bottling company it's still hustle because you're it starting is, it from the ground up i think it's just having that ability to kind of like keep going even when it's not working or you don't think it's working and just sort of having that perseverance um, to just try and make it work in whatever way, shape, or form you can. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really hard to constantly kind of have that hustle switch on, but it's something that comes up all the time. And I think however you sort of personally define it, um, it's what you need in order to be successful in what you're doing. I love it. I love it. All right, Jess, jump right in. Tell us a little about yourself, who you are, and what you stand for. Oh, okay, awesome. So um, my name is Jessica Anderson. Um, I'm very new to the whole tech um, entrepreneurship space. If you had asked me a year ago, what would I be doing this time next year? Um, I definitely don't think I would say what I'll probably talk about um, as we continue. So I think I like to kind of always evaluate sort of what I'm doing in life and whether or not I'm happy with how things are 
progressing from a personal development perspective. Um, and I think that's kind of how I've ended up where I am now. Um, so it took a whole lot of self-reflection. Um, so sort of working backwards um, prior to doing my own thing, which I did started doing full time about five, five months ago. Um, I worked for Cisco, which is where um, I met Shiv. And then prior to that, I'd spent about four, four and a half years um, at Telstra, which is a big telco in Australia. And that's where I, what my first job or my first real job was outside of um, university. So that was a really good experience in sort of getting into the tech scene, which mm-hmm. I think if I, when I'd left uni, I had no idea that I'd also end up in tech. It kind of just fell into place and it <laughs> sort of kept going from there. Me too. Um, and then other than that, it's sort of been a really like standard kind of progression. Finishing high school, went to uni, studied commerce with marketing, um, took a year off actually between finishing uni and starting work and worked at uh, Walt Disney World in the US for six months, which was fun. And then it all sort of has kind of, in a weird way, sort of all fallen into place since then, which has been nice. (laughs) I have to ask, when you worked at Disney, did you go on the rides for free? Like, is that a perk? Yes, it is definitely a perk. You do get paid minimum wage. So that is at least something that kind of counteracts the, the low wage, but you're doing it all for the experience. Sign me up. Yes, I kind of now that I now that I've kind of had a five years out of it, I sort of miss it and think, oh, it'd be nice if I can just go back and sort of hang with Donald Duck. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like an unreal world. So that's awesome. So hey, you know what Disney is cool is it, it, on it on its own, but the the fact that you you left and you had some experience abroad, yes. was was huge. So tell us a little bit more about that experience. Yeah, so I don't think when you're actually doing the whole abroad thing, you actually realize sort of what you're learning until you come back and then even you down the track, you can reflect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that Disney do, did really well and I didn't appreciate at the time was um, the training program that they put you through. So, like, I was in an entry-level role and there was about four weeks of training, which included, like, Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. of um like online or not online classes in face-to-face classes Mm -hmm. and then on the job training and it went on for ages which it's funny those like little things around how they teach you from an entry-level perspective to be prepared for the customer and sort of go through the sales cycle I was in a very entry-level sales role um how it still comes back to help when I end up in corporate sales for enterprise level customers it's funny because you know I look back at my times at Disney did you yeah. work at Disney as well? No, no, no. I'm uh, oh. visiting Disney. Visiting, yeah. It would be awesome if I I would still work there. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I look I look back to, and one of the one of the experiences I think one of the things that I take out of that experience are the staff. Yes. Because when do you meet an asshole staff member at working at Disney? Never. Yes. I mean, and that's, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to drop. No, no. They they probably teach you and they probably coach you to how to I guess greet you know your customers yeah. at, at Disney, right? Absolutely. They call so they don't even call you staff members. They call you cast members, and you're all sort of part of the show. Oh, um, I think the culture is something actually that is I haven't really seen ever since. Mm-hmm. The amount of effort they put into kind of instilling like how Disney started, and you actually start to feel like you're a part of something. And I think that is one of the things that I'm trying to really hard, and it's actually really difficult, especially in an early stage startup, trying to replicate in like my companies now. 
Yeah, that's so cool. Okay, I, so I keep asking questions about Disney. I want to move on. But if you, could, <laughs> if you could summarize your experience at Disney in one word, what would it be? Magical. Ah, look at that. The, ge- <laughs> the generic Disney word. Generic. It was the first thing that came to my head. <laughs> it was magical because I don't think I really had any idea what I was getting myself into. Okay. I sort of knew I didn't feel like I was ready for the workforce. And I think mm-hmm. it was kind of a nice sort of six months of my life where I was in a whole other world and you kind of don't, I haven't ever had that experience again since maybe mm. this whole entrepreneurship is close just because you're so out of your comfort zone. Yep. Um, but it's definitely like an experience that has definitely shaped who I am now. I love that. I love that. Now, before you mentioned self-reflection, yes. how do you do that? And is that something that, is that an exercise that you continue? Yeah. So good question. Um, When I was working for Telstra, I was really fortunate to be selected for a leadership development program, Mm -hmm. Um, best program I've ever been a part of. Um, Unfortunately, they're not running it anymore. But basically what it was was on all the key pillars of Telstra leadership. Mm -hmm. And one of the pillars in particular was on personal leadership, which actually has nothing to do with Telstra and all about personal development and self-reflection. And so we had um, a two-day course where we went away, where we went off got a trip down to Melbourne um, and they did a whole lot of things around self-awareness perception how you perceive people how other people interact um, and then we had a couple of exercises that we had to take away and then another about three months later we had another two days where we implemented some of the things some of the projects that we had to take home and do so one of the things was um doing an I am statement, which is really confronting. I don't know. Have you heard of an I am statement? No, I haven't. So basically it's where you look at everything that's happened in your life and you write a five-minute speech on how you became who you are. And wow. it's super confronting. And you present it out in front of ten different people in your little groups that they kind of divided us up into. Um, and in those and so everyone has a really unique story and I think you start to appreciate Well, I know from my perspective, I really started to appreciate sort of who I was, where I came from, and it makes you realize where you also want to go. So I try and journal as much as possible. I've gotten really slack, though, in the last month, and that's definitely something I'm trying to improve, or it's a goal for at least my 2018 Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, resolutions, because that's something I wish I did better at. Um, I don't know. Do you journal at all? I, I blog. blog. I don't journal. I blog. So I, I feel like it's kind of the same thing. I don't do it every week. I do it every two weeks, usually when I post at a podcast. Yeah. And I blog about the individual that I'm interviewing, and then I blog about what I've learned. So, you know, I will be blogging on you as well. I did want to start getting into um, daily occurrences, and I do I do actually, like, my phone is filled with notes of things that I've learned throughout the day. Yeah. But uh, it's... It's not a it's it's not constant and it should be. Yeah. I wish one of the things I also tried to do at the start of this year was just write down at the end of every day three things that I'm grateful for. Yep. Um and that was really interesting because it just makes you think about all the positive and it might be something really small, but you at least go to sleep sort of with those happy thoughts. Yes. Again, not very good at that. So maybe so next year as well. I, I do that. Um, I do that every week. So I actually have like a piece of paper in my room, um, and a board, and I just write down what I'm, you know, what I'm grateful for. It's kind of my gratitude wall. 
Yes, yeah. And and the little things, like the little tiny things, like meeting someone or developing a new relationship yeah. or, you know, uh, donating some, some cash to Movember, like they're very little. But yes. you look back over the week and you're like, wow, I had a I had a pretty good week. I was doing yeah. it every day, but it's, 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 to be honest, it's just hectic every day and um, you forget. And it gets boring every day. But if you do it every week. That's true. Maybe I should make it a little less um, intense and just do it yeah. once a week. Because then, then that way you look back 52 times instead of 365. It yeah. just gets boring, right? So it's a big difference. That's true. That's but, true. <laughs> the, um, so you and I kind of have the same path. I think that you, you did you know, marketing. So Bachelor of Commerce and Marketing. Yep. I did as well. And I actually didn't think I was going to go into tech. Ah, uh, what did you think all. you were going to go into? Sorry? What did you think you were going to go into? I was, well, I was in marketing, but I thought for some reason I was going to go into like business law. Oh. Yeah, oh. I don't know why. I just, I liked <laughs> marketing. I was, I, was in, I was at a marketing company, but I was always in sales, right? So I, I knew that eventually I'd step back into sales. Yep. And, you know, I was in sales probably since I was 13, 14 years old. And, oh, wow. um, yeah, I started young. So I always knew that I would step back into the sales game, but I never knew that I'd, I'd step into tech, but I'm, I'm freaking glad I've done it. So yeah. I know you mentioned before you kind of fell into tech, but what, what made you like what you're doing? Um, so I think I, I, I definitely fell into tech. I mm-hmm. applied for all sorts of graduate programs. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with how graduate programs work in Australia? Uh, uh, if they're similar to Canada, then yes, but why don't you explain? Cool. So basically, really quickly, they're just um, big corporate companies offer them out to recent graduates, and then you rotate through the organization, usually on a year to 18-month kind of duration. So it gives you a really good insight into what you like, what you don't like, and it also helps you um, sort of, and especially when you don't know what you want to do, um, it helps you define where you want to go. So Back when I was finishing uni, I applied for everything, every job that was kind of going. And the one that actually took me was Telstra, which was a tech company. So mm-hmm. that's how I fell into it. But how I fell in love, maybe love's a bit of a strong word, but how I <laughs> found that that was the place where I wanted to be mm-hmm. is I think you start to realize all the exciting things that are coming out of tech and how quickly it changes. So you're kind of on the cutting edge of how society is really progressing and changing from a technical perspective. Yep. Um, so now I don't think I could imagine being in any other industry. Yes. And I think there is a lot of social good to it as well. Like there's mm-hmm. obviously not, there's always sort of two sides, but um, I do genuinely think you can make a difference being in this industry. I love that. I love that. Now, making a difference, how important is that to you? And what are you doing right now to make a difference? Massive. So that's actually a really interesting question. I know you introduced me as running two companies, mm-hmm. but it's probably more like I'm only running one now. And yeah. how that sort of happened, do we have time to go into the full of long story? Of course we have time. This is your episode. <laughs> okay. So wild. <laughs> okay, so here we go. So I was originally – I when I left, when I decided I wanted to change out of corporate and move into startup land, um, I started going to all these networking events just to, with the idea of joining a startup, not having my own. And then going through that process of networking with different startups, I started to realize that perhaps this was something I could do. Mm -hmm. But the problem was I didn't have an idea. So for about three months, I kind of just kept going to these events. And then I think through that process, I was like, oh, hold on a second. What if this worked? And it was looking at my everyday life and going, I need to book a restaurant. And 
there's nothing available at the moment. What if there was a thing or what if there was an app that would let you know what's available? And so that's where my original idea, Reserve Guru, kind of came to mind. So for about five months, we I worked on Reserve Guru and got into an accelerator program that helps develop the startups, which is awesome. And it also allowed me to leave my full-time job and do that full t- and do the startup full-time. Um, but about two and a half months, almost three months into doing the one to doing Reserve Guru, we started to realize that um, that we weren't the right team to solve the problem. And it was a f- for a few reasons. One, we had a lot of competitors in the space that launched in the same sort of month. Okay. And the other, and so that wasn't great. The other thing was from talking to all the customers that we were going out and validating, they also didn't really love it as much as we'd hoped. Mm-hmm. So with that, we, we, I had found a co-founder that came on board and we took a step back and said, what do we really want to do? And one of the things where I think we lost interest in the original idea was because it didn't really do enough sort of social good. Okay. And so we said, what else can we do? And what we looked at what are we all passionate about, what do we really like, and some of the things were connecting people, um, having that social good, and then we thought, why not do it through sport? And so that's how we ended up with Squad Finder is because it – the original idea didn't end up aligning to our values around making sure we were doing what we wanted to do. I don't know. I think I messed that up a bit, but no, <laughs> no, no. And, and, and the good, the good thing about that is, is what I like about the the whole startup community is that you could decide to do whatever the hell you want to do. Yes. Like exactly what you did. Like you did nothing wrong. You realized that you know what the gap in the marketplace wasn't as big as you thought. So yeah. you want to you went after the next best thing, and you can yeah, do that with a startup. You can't necessarily do that with a larger company. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy how quick things move with startups. And I think, like, even if I, if I went back to corporate now, it would be even slower than I imagined, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because you have to move quick. Because if you don't, someone else is going to beat you to it. Exactly. Um, and it's intense, but that's what makes it fun. So, so this transition between corporate and startup, because I know there's probably. You know, hundreds of people listening that want to do that just can't. And yeah. and like I said before, I admire what you've done because you literally left, you know, almost a secure job to, to follow your dreams. That takes a lot of courage. Nothing. So where does that courage come from? So in fairness, I probably didn't realize what I was getting myself into when I did it. <laughs> yeah. um, it was a very quick transition in a sense that I kind of had this idea and then was working on it on the side and then got into this accelerator program. And so one of the big things that gave me confidence was getting into the accelerator program. Mm -hmm. Um, They invest in the ideas. So sort of got that validation up front. Um, And that also helps fund the startup. So had I not had that, it would have been very hard to quit my job full time because (laughs) there is something comforting about getting that paycheck every month. But not only that, it wouldn't be the right, it wouldn't be the right move. So I think, my advice, especially just as a word of warning in case I'm telling people to do crazy things without sort of <laughs> really thinking about it, is if you if your startup's making money, then that's a good sign to go full time. But if it's not, make sure that you've got some sort of investment that can help sustain you while you're not working because it does take its toll. Yeah. Um, and... I've never run a business before, so I had really no idea what I was getting myself into. And the Accelerator program as well has helped 
do a lot of those admin type processes when you have to start a company where I would have been totally lost and clueless without it. So you mentioned the accelerator program a few times. Can you just elaborate on that? Yeah, perfect. So um, if you're not really familiar with how accelerator programs work, they tend to invest money they mm-hmm. into your company. They also take equity. So they've got a stake in what you're doing. Um, my accelerator program in particular runs for about five months. Um, and throughout that program, they the first week of that program, they run like a startup boot camp. And that's basically 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. of how to run a startup. And the purpose of that is to make sure that everyone has the same sort of knowledge level as everyone. Like I came in fresh, completely fresh, um, whereas there are some others that have are serial entrepreneurs and are onto like their 10th company. So that was a really good experience just to kind of work out, okay, where do I start? How do I, where do I go from here? Um, but then the rest of the program structured into, we pitch fortnightly. Okay. Um, so as if we were pitching to investors, which gets actually, I think it actually gets harder the more you go on because you've invested more and more into this idea and you're getting more and more feedback. You've got to take on. And, and was um, that nerve wracking? Like, yeah. Pitching every two weeks? was. So we pitch every two weeks, halfway through the program, we had a mini demo day with a sort of small audience. Mm-hmm. And then just last week we had our big demo day, which was out to about 200 people. So no matter how many times you do it, you still have those like nerves just before you're about to kind of go on stage. Oh, I would love that. Would you love would love that. that. You would definitely love that. And <laughs> You kind of have attention all on you for a moment. But so we've got pitch nights every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Once a month we have product demo day um, where they bring in external people and they sort of review where we're at from a product perspective. Um, and then there's just sort of the day-to-day stuff where they come in and help like, okay, do I need to raise money? How do I go about it? Mm-hmm. Um how should I respond to this email? Like really basic things as well. So it's just a sort of a real, it's like giving you training wheels to get your company started. Yep. And now those training wheels are off and I'm pretty much off on my own. And, and you just keep figuring it out as you go. <laughs> yes. Which is what entrepreneurship is. Yes. Right? Well, one of the good things about being able to dedicate myself to it full time was I came in with, while I worked in tech, I never really had that development skill set mm-hmm. um but because you've got you've kind of got all this time and you've got no time at all but okay. with all the time you have i was able to sit down and work out how to build a website on wordpress um okay. and okay. that's been awesome because it's actually really hard to find a tech co-founder and i still haven't found one so <laughs> if anyone wants to be a tech co-founder let me know <laughs> um we'll chat but, after this call <laughs> thanks thanks <laughs> But it has meant that like those skills that I wouldn't have thought of, that I could even do, yeah. um, I've had the time to sit and develop those, which has probably been one of the more rewarding things for yeah, me. Yeah, but that, that also takes so much willpower. Like the, the fact that you're willing to, like you're almost like a big willingness to learn. The fact you're willing to sit yeah. there and learn. Like that didn't, you weren't born with that. No. Where did that, where did I, that come from? I think I was born with fr- getting really frustrated with not, with having to rely on other people and not getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of like this cross point where there's only so much time you can wait and try and find people. And then when you're just not getting anywhere, that desire to just build it yourself yeah. kind of comes in. And when you've, when you've got sort of five months to pull something together, it's a good driver in getting something done. So I love that. I love that. 
talk to us about some of your influencers. I mean, who influences you? Ooh. Or what influences you? What influences me? That's a good question. I don't actually... I think... Is there anyone, in, in, let's say, a role model or you know, any other companies oh, out there okay. that you're... So I do have a role model and I do have someone that influences me and it's how I've actually ended up all into... And it's a bit of a weird story. Mm-hmm. But there's this family, I don't know if I've told you about them, on Instagram called the Bucket List Family. Okay, I haven't and heard it's, of them guy who's about, I don't know, 28, 29 and his wife and their two kids who are about five and four and they travel the world. And I started like following them just because I was interested in every week they're in a new destination. But as I got a bit more obsessed and started to like look into their backstory, I realized that this guy had sold an app to Snapchat when he was in college. And I was like, oh my God, if he can do it, then why can't I? And he's also very much of the like self-reflection and personal development and all this sort of stuff. So I think if it wasn't for this one Instagram family, Mm. I may never have actually taken the leap and doing it, which is very strange and probably a little bit creepy, but (laughs) (laughs) they do have 500,000 other followers. So it's not as creepy. I love, I love what you said before as well, just now that, you know, if he can do it, why can't you? Yeah, and that that's a good attitude, and a lot of people, a lot of people don't like that attitude. To be honest, and even when I say things, you know, friends and family members also, they they don't agree. But the thing is, is, is it's true. If you see other people doing it, all they have is willpower and and the willingness to actually try. And all yeah. it takes is one person. All it takes for you, Jess, is one person to really like your app. And yeah. You know the right person, and that it'll it'll fly and it'll go. And and know, that's that, probably the- that might be you one day. Bucket list, just in bucket That's the plan. But um, I think you're right. It's definitely about having like the role models so that you can see what's possible. Because one of the so I have a friend called Joel, and he also went through the accelerator program that I'm going through, but about six months earlier. Yeah. Um, and we'd worked together in previous roles, and if it wasn't for me being able to see that he was able to do that and he also helped in coaching me through the process as well. I thought I'd needed two years before I could get into one, but he's like, no, apply now. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of having those people that you've got those role models that are kind of out there that you got, you don't really know personally, but then you've got the people that are close to you that can actually guide you in a more micro level that have mm-hmm. made a massive difference. So I love that. I love that. Now, a big part of starting your own company is staying motivated. Yes. Because if you don't, if you lack the motivation to, to, to try and you lack the motivation to do anything more, you just, your company is at risk. Yes. How do you stay motivated and how do you motivate the people around you? Yeah, it's a tough one. And I've been fortunate with I think being part of this program that I'm with a whole bunch of people that are like-minded and are going through the same sort of challenges Mm -hmm. so if you've ever got someone having a bad day or you're having a bad day you've got someone to go have a coffee with or just take a walk um I think I personally because I'm actually quite risk adverse have given myself one full year of giving it a shot full time okay so I know in my mind that I've got a deadline of a year to make it happen And as long as I put in 110% for that year, if at the end of that year it doesn't work out, I'm actually quite okay with that because I feel like I will have had enough experience. I would have had enough of the experience to justify it. So my main goal at the moment is, well, I suppose the thing that keeps me motivated is going, well, now I've only got seven months left. 
I've got to just put in effort for another seven months and then we'll evaluate where we're at. <laughs> okay, so you set about a year goal or a year timeline yeah. for yourself. For this, only because it's like I'm not taking it income. So there's a whole lot of things that kind of roll into that that affect not just myself. Um, so I've got to balance that with the sort of dream and the goal at the same time. Um, but then also giving at least some space to re when we get to that year goal, reevaluate if it is working or if it's almost about to work to keep going. How do you stay motivated? Oh, I'm motivated all the time. It's weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of things. I, I, I don't really have like a morning meditation routine or anything, but, uh, I, I go, I go to the gym in the mornings. I, I think if I start my day off pretty strong, I, I stay strong throughout the day. Yeah. I read a lot. Uh, I, you know, I, I talk to different people. I, I, I think that relationships are very important to me. Yeah. And relationships with the right people. And, and I've said this many times before on this podcast that, uh, or sorry, previous episodes that people, the people around you, you, you need to keep the, the right people around you. And you, you being an entrepreneur probably feel the same way. You have to yeah, keep the definitely. right people around you that'll motivate you and, and keep you on top of your game, on top of your yeah. game. Um, and also allow you to have like a bit of a break or a vent or just who aren't as involved. So yeah. you've got someone to kind of come home to and just sort of relax and know that it's a, can, you can sort of switch off a little bit. Yeah. Because switching off can be hard. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't even know if, how to do it, to be honest. I don't yeah. think I know how to do it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually off to Toronto this week. Nice. I, I definitely want to switch off. And my niece is going to be four months, I think, tomorrow. So just spend time seen, with the little baby. Have you met her before? Or is I this have. the first time you? No, I've, I've seen her. Oh, I, I met I, her. The, I was there the first week she was born. Yeah. But I'm excited to go and actually switch off. And I'm going to try to do it. I don't know how. Yes, you should. I'm going to try to do it. But the thing is, in term, if we look at entrepreneurship, you can never actually... No, one hundred percent switch off, and I never want to. I, 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 there are, you know, I'm still going to be podcasting when I'm in Toronto. I'm still going to be blogging when I'm in Toronto, but it is just to an extent a little bit lesser than I would be doing here in Australia. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's important. Definitely, because I think tomorrow, if you wanted to switch off, you like, just you wouldn't be able to either. No, no like, way. Hell I'm still no. <laughs> No matter what's going on, you're still thinking, oh, we could do that. We could do that. <laughs> yeah, but that's just that's just who we are. Yeah. We've accepted it. What, what are, I guess, what, give us one roadblock. Roadblock. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of roadblocks. Mm -hmm. of the what's the major one? one? In terms of the, in terms of my squad finder or yeah. in terms? Squad finder. Um, so the big roadblock at the moment, we've built the platform. We've launched it. Um, we're starting to distribute it out. The biggest issue we've had so far is that we actually surprise. So basically, in a recap, Squad Finder is a platform where you can connect with others to play sport. Um, so it can be a tennis partner. Mm -hmm. It can be someone to fill your Oztag team, your football team, anything really to do with sport. Yep. And we've actually found we thought people would be sort of hesitant to um, put up listings saying that we need someone for our soccer team but that actually hasn't been as big of an issue as actually filling those teams and we're trying to work out we think we know what a few of the reasons what it is um, one of them is definitely just we're so new it's a marketplace idea and we don't have enough of a spread to actually fill those listings 
And the other one is trust. So whether or not people feel comfortable playing with strangers, we think might be another issue. So they're the two that are sort of the big problems. Um, There's obviously lots of roadblocks, but until we can sort of address those, it's going to be really hard to take it further. So that's what our focus is for the next two weeks. But I think the trust piece will fix itself because I yeah. think that if people are willing to download the app or, or use it, use yeah. the service, it's it's like it's like the other apps. Like you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking of dating apps. It's the trust yeah. is there. You just need to trust yourself and and we're hoping it's the right time because there are mm-hmm. a few apps that have tried to do similar things in the past, but. Yeah. There's not act surprisingly, or compared to the restaurant idea, there's nowhere near as many um, competitors in the marketplace for this sort of thing. Um, and we we're hoping that because people are starting to get used to the tenders of the world and the connecting on that with through mm-hmm. that online method, that we will have that to our advantage. The timing mm-hmm. side of things. No, I think so. I think so. Now, just a couple more questions. If if you had if you had the chance to do this all over again, yes, what would you do differently? Ooh, what would I do differently? Um, if anything at all. So I kind of don't think there would be a huge amount I'd do differently. Only part, and part of that's because it all happened so quick. I'm actually quite. It's been a really quick journey, and I I can't believe we've gotten to where we are, mm-hmm. sort of in five months. But um, if I was to do it differently. I would probably spend more time validating the idea, um, which is what I'd always planned to do before I got into an accelerator. It's just that the accelerator happened before I sort of expected it to do, (laughs) expect it to happen. Um, So if I was to do it all over again, it would definitely be um, validating the idea to an extent that you know people are going to pay for it or you know people are going to use it um, and then go out and sort of build. Mm. The good thing about entrepreneurship, though, is you learn these as you go. Like yeah. Every failure is a, lear- is a learning experience. Yes. So when you start um, your next company, you know exactly what to do. Well, that's the thing. Like with the Reserve Guru one that we started with, it took us probably about two months to get that up and running. Yeah. But when we decided, okay, this isn't going to work, what, let's try something else, we were able to get the site up in a basic format within about a week, which – had I not done that first one, we wouldn't have got to where we are. But exactly, it would be a little nicer to have a little bit more progress. Yeah. So <laughs> now, Jess, what what sort of just just one piece of advice that you have for early entrepreneurs out there? I think it's just you've got to give it a really good shot, and if you can genuinely say that you've tried um, and you've made you've done the best you can do, then you've won no matter what happens because you'll either have learned a whole heap or you'll have a successful product that you and that you probably didn't know you could actually build. Well, at least that was my case. I had no idea mm-hmm. that I could actually bring something to life. So definitely just to go for it. Just do it. Just jump. Yep. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love What's that. your advice? No, no. It, it's real. If you think about it, just, just try it. Just take action and try. And yeah, I, think I that- definitely – the do because yeah. a lot of people talk about it but actually getting out and doing it is a yes. whole other game oh my god yes 
there's a lot of there's a lot of talkers, myself included. Back in the day, I used to talk about doing all these things. <laughs> like like I tell everyone, I'm like this podcast idea. It, it was an idea for a year, and until I just now. decided to do it. Yep. Right. So and, and a lot of other things. Right. So my my advice is just like yours to early entrepreneurs out there or people thinking of just starting something is just try. What's the harm? And it's actually like it's not easy, but it is easier than I think people realize. Like yeah. all you need is a Facebook page and you can start testing an idea or sell. You can even sell on a Facebook page. Yeah. And you don't need coding skills to build a website. So there are ways to get around things that. I didn't realize when and, I started. Yeah, and I like what you said earlier too. Just you know, the, your your advice was if you're not if the app or the business idea you're creating isn't making money, don't leave your day job yet. Yeah, right. Like that's that's some sort of security, but you can do things on the side, and I think that's something that people don't realize. Like there's there's 24 hours in the day, but everybody has the same 24 hours in the day. It's just how you yes. use it. Yeah, yeah, and I think I remember when I first started the reserve guru idea when I was still working full time. Mm-hmm. I would spend like hours after work each night coming home and just doing stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's where how I got. And while I didn't quite finish everything that I wanted to do before I went full time, um, I think it definitely helped into getting into the accelerator program because they saw all the things I was doing and knew I was kind of heading in the right direction for the mm-hmm. time. Awesome. Well, Jess, listen, thank you so much. I, I, I'm so super proud of you. I love what you do. You've, I, I've seen, I've literally seen this come to life, which is awesome. And uh, I thank wish you nothing but the best for your next 40 companies. I know it's coming pretty soon. <laughs> thank you so much. And likewise, you. <laughs> I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you very much. That's Jessica, everybody. Thanks, Jess. Thank you. See ya. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you missed anything, do not worry. Log on to shivrad.com. That's S-H-I-V-R-A-D.com to listen to this podcast again. Check out the other episodes and, of course, check out the blog. Thanks, everyone. Until next time.